0: Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the dynamic Joe Fordyce. We have a special interview with Danny Breer coming up in this episode. Taryn and I were able to sit down with him the other day, and we're also going to talk about the current team. Uh, With Danny Breer, we got into the alumni game, which is coming up on November 15th. He will be playing in it and then we also got into this current 2021-22 Flyers team and why Danny Briere really likes uh, what the offseason did for the Flyers and why this team is a little different than what we've seen in years past. So we'll have all of that coming up. But, Joe, let's start with the most recent game. The Flyers lose their first Metropolitan Division game of the season, a 3-2 overtime decision in Pittsburgh. Joe, I think there's some deb- debate about whether this was a good game for the Flyers or not. On one Side of the coin, you can say, yes, they got a point up in Pittsburgh. They forced overtime. They had never led, they never led in that game, but they were able to get a point on the road. Um, they're 5-2-2 two two now. Not bad. But at the same time, I couldn't help but think that Pittsburgh was severely shorthanded. They're missing Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Brian Rust, among many others. They don't even have their head coach on the bench. Uh, a lot of that's because of COVID-19 and, and the situation they're dealing with in Pittsburgh. And the Flyers can't find a way to win that game. Uh, how did you feel about it?
1: Well, I'll tell you what. If you look maybe in April, when you look back and go, oh well, they they got a point in Pittsburgh on the surface, that looks like a good point. I don't think in the moment it it it's can be taken that way. I'm more on what the side of what you were just saying about um, you know this this is a team where Jeff Carter was the 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 first line center. And it's not to knock Carter, but I would like to know the last time Jeff Carter, Played on the first line regularly. I mean, it, it might be when he was in Philadelphia. Um, that's not the kind of player he is right now. He's still a very good player, but no Crosby, no Malkin, no Brian Rust, as you said. Um, you know, no Brian Dumoulin. Who Brian Dumoulin has has probably been their best defenseman when they play the Flyers over the last few years. Yeah. and that's always huge when he's out of the game for them. Um, you know, so no, I don't think I don't take good feelings out of last night's game and outside of the depleted factor for the Penguins. I will also say that there were long stretches of this game where the Flyers did not have good offensive pressure and Taryn and Scott Hartnell talked about it on the post game show last night you look at Tristan Jari's numbers from that game and you go, okay, he made a lot of saves. What were the quality of shots? Because at one point I know I looked at Scott and I said, Jari has 33 saves in this game. How many of them do you remember? Yeah. And the answer is not a lot. Um, I don't think these were big time, excuse me, big time quality chances um, that the flyers were throwing at him last night. And, you know, the ball started rolling down the hill 16 seconds into the game. You know, um, Keneckney was late getting out to the point and uh, then Brock McGinn deflected that puck in, you know, and, and it kind of went from there. I do think the, I, I do think the positive takeaways are the Flyers defensive effort and Carter Hart. Carter Hart made some amazing saves last night because I think Pittsburgh could have been up for nothing after the first period. And, so I, take, I do take that away from this game, but I really feel like where the Flyers are right now, their problem is they have long stretches and majority of games where they don't have sustained offensive pressure or quality chances. And that's regardless of their opponent. And I don't, that, is, that to me would be the biggest concern looking at this team right now.
2: Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home? at bite.com That's b y t e dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Bite.
0: Carter Hart had 33 saves on 36 shots, so Tristan Jari had more, but it sure seemed like Hart had to make higher degree, more difficult saves uh, than Jari. It really was, and I, I I could not agree more, Joe. And yeah, I'm with you. I I, I was if I was a Flyers fan, I would have been disappointed after last after last night's game one. It ended in really weird, gut wrenching fashion where. You think the Carter Hart has a save in overtime. They review it, and it turns out Chris, Chris Latang's, uh, you know, wraparound attempt did clear the goal line, and it did. It was obvious via video review. Uh, and then also, I just think you really need to jump on that opportunity. Like, I mean, the Penguins are missing their guys, their stars. I mean, it's t- if you're the Flyers, imagine if you take out Claude Giroux and Sean Couturier, or Konechny and Couturier, or Giroux and Konechny and and then see where you are. You probably are saying to yourselves, yeah, you know what? Don't love our chances here. And they still lose this game to Pittsburgh. Uh, I think that was a chance to really grab two points early on in the first of four matchups against your rival. And they didn't even have a lead in the game. But I will say, Joe, I think one of the biggest storylines so far in the early season, among all these new faces and talking about these new guys, Carter Hart looks like the Carter Hart of old. And that's huge. He really looks like himself again. And I think that bodes that should go well for the remainder of the season. But Joe, I think Flyers fans can also understand that they are missing Ryan Ellis and Kevin Hayes too. So, you know, both teams are missing key pieces, but I just still felt like that was a chance for the Flyers to jump on two points.
1: Yeah, it was. And you know, one, one of the, one of the things I'll bring up is um, I, I feel like this power play looks very stagnant um, with Proverov at the point. I really like Drew, on the the wall with the right-handed shots that he's passing to with now with connecting and Atkinson. But I really, really think, I I mean, now, obviously they want Ryan Ellis back, but if Ryan Ellis misses another game or two, I I really would like to see what Keith Yandel can do at the point on that top power play, because I just feel like everything from that quarterback point position on the top power play when Provrov is there, everything moves slow and it gives it gives the that it gives the opponent the chance to set up their the box and how they want to play the power play. And you know, it, the puck doesn't move quick enough. It, re, it really doesn't. And you know, you what I think what you find is you really find Drew quarterbacking the power play from the half wall.
3: Yeah.
1: I think you need that extra, you need that extra spot at the top where there's decisive movement, movement with the puck when it gets there. It's on the stick and it's off the stick. And um, I don't see that with Provrov. so obviously, we're all hoping for Ryan Ellis to be back as quick as possible, but if he's not, I, I would love to see Keith Handel at the top on, um, on that top power play and, and give that a look and see if that can maybe jumpstart some, some offense for this team.
0: Flyers Talk is brought to you by Great Railing. Stop into Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking, and fencing needs. We are absolutely thrilled to be joined by the Mr. Playoffs, Danny Briere. Danny, thank you so much for joining us. Hey Jordan, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure talking Flyers hockey. Always great to talk Flyers hockey with you, Danny. Uh, we're gonna chat a little bit about the upcoming Flyers alumni game in November, talk a little bit about the current Flyers. So we'll get right into it. Uh, Danny, we haven't had an alumni game in Philadelphia since 2017. Uh, right. With the fans and the camaraderie between the alumni, is that what makes it so special to have these alumni games?
3: Yes, for us, uh, alumni, ex-players, that, that's probably the part that we miss the most. Um, you know, being around the guys, traveling with the guys, uh, always being together. Uh, you get to, you know, during the hockey season, you spend more time amongst yourselves than you do with your, you know, your own family. So um, it's it's kind of cool to get back together for for a night or two.
4: Now I have a question for you, Danny, in terms of, you know, we see you out on the ice with the team practicing with Ryan Ellis and Kevin Hayes the other day, the injured guys. If you're a guy who everyone expects is on the ice all the time, do you feel like there's an added pressure coming into this, that you're going to be one of the sharper (laughs) players out on the ice? Do you feel that going into this one?
3: Yeah. It's a little scary because when, when I, firstly retired it was uh, you know it was just coming off the ice I had that confidence going still um, now I'm I'm seeing guys retire after me um, and joining our alumni game, games I'm th- you know thinking of Scott Hartnell and Nick Schultz uh, especially so uh, it's getting tougher and tougher to uh, to get going and to, to keep up so um, I, I hope I have another year or two hopefully that I uh, that, that I can make some plays after that it's going to get really tough.
4: Jordan, before we get to your next question, uh, I just want to mention, guys, that the alumni game, November 15th, you can either go to Wells Fargo Center, philly.com find tickets there, or if you have Twitter, go to the Flyers alumni page, there's a link in bio, uh, it's Lindros, LeClaire, Howe, Leach, uh, Joe Watson, Scott Hartnell's playing in it, that should be interesting, uh, Gagne, I mean, there's a ton of, Darian Hatcher just announced that he'll be there too, so there is a ton of people playing in this game, so It's wild how close the the Flyers alumni are. How many people stay here, Danny? What is it about the South Jersey area that guys who even go to other teams afterwards seem to migrate back this way once they retire?
3: Well, first of all, we have to give a lot of credit to uh, Brad Marsh for what he's doing with the alumni being in charge. Um, Also, it's just been ingrained in this organization uh, you know, for, for so long now, I, you know, we go back to Mr. Snyder when he would always say, once you're a flyer, you're always a flyer um, there's that sense of family um, that is still there to this day that um, you know, the new regime with Comcast, uh, Comcast back to core has, has brought on. So it's really cool. P- players love coming back um, or, or if, you know, a lot of them are still in the air and live here. Uh, a lot are still involved with the team. So um, we're very spoiled. When I look around the league, there's, there's not very many alumni uh, as strong
0: as the Flyers is. And all, all ticket proceeds will benefit Flyers Charities and the Flyers Alumni Association, two groups that do awesome stuff within the community. So it's a great cause as well. And it kicks off a real fun time uh, as Rick Tocic and Paul Holmgren go into the Flyers Hall of Fame the next night. Uh, Danny, there is a special VIP ticket package where fans uh, will have uh, a special happy hour event with the Flyers alumni. What what do you enjoy most about interacting with Flyers fans and, and getting to hear their passion?
3: You know, what's cool. It's, it's when they come to you and they say, Oh, I, I remember this game, you did that in, in that game and you were there and you fought this guy, you scored a goal here. Um, I, I think that's the, the memories that it brings back when you talk to the fans that were at some of the games that they remember, you know, they were watching with their family um, during the 2010 playoffs or they were at the rink, you know, during game seven when we played in Boston. And I, I hear so many stories of fans showing up here at the Wells Fargo while, while we played game seven. Uh, Um, in Boston so there's so many cool stories it just brings back uh, bring back so many great memories
4: Do you just on the note of that 2010 team do you ever still get stressed thinking about it because as a fan (laughs) at the time as a fan in high school in that prime sports watching age I still get stressed when I think about that last game of the season the Boston series and then obviously the Stanley Cup final what is it like from a player's perspective to reflect back on all of that now
3: you know what? As a player, there wasn't a lot of stress. Um, we we were in the moment, and and when you have some kind of control over the outcome, um, it's a lot less stressful. I think the stress was probably before games. Obviously, you know, game game 82 going into it, you're stressed going into the game. But once the game starts, you don't really think about about the stress, and you, you're just going about your business, and you know you have. Um, some kind of say uh, over the outcome. So you're focusing on on that. You're focusing on what you have to do. Um- Same thing, you know, with, with game seven, I still remember game seven in Boston um, in that series where where we made the comeback. Um, I was so angry uh, in the first period when we were down three nuts, and I couldn't believe how hard we had worked to get all the way back. And now it was our time and we blew it in the first, you know, 10 or 12 minutes of the first period. I was more angry. There's no stress at the moment. Um, And then slowly we're able to climb back in and then you realize now we have a chance and it's the focus is all on what you have to do. So you, you don't really, You're not stressed in the moment.
4: It's so interesting to me because I was interviewing Paul Holmgren the other day about, you know, the flashes that he gets when he looks back on his career, how things kind of come to you like pictures in a movie or something. And he was talking to me about his first game and missing a wide open net. And he still he still sees the net and it looks like it's the size of a soccer net to him. And I can remember talking to you during the 2020 COVID pause on the 10-year anniversary of the 2010 run, and the way you talk about these games that happened even 10 years ago, it, it's like it happened five minutes ago. It never really seems like it leaves you.
3: Hey, correct. Um, I still feel that way. I still feel like 2010 happened, you know, a few months ago. Um, we we were the emotion that are involved in those games are so deep that they don't leave you um you know i still remember standing at at center ice uh in game 82 before the shootout people will ask me um what did you feel what um what were you thinking what what was going through your mind could you hear the crowd and and i tell them the one thing i don't remember is what the crowd was doing i was so focused on what i had to do um i remember for a second thinking I have to score just to get in the playoffs. And then I was able to erase that thought, thought and, and focus on Lundqvist, focus on what I had to do. I, I knew exactly the move that I wanted to make. Um, you know, so it's funny. I remember like it was yesterday, but I don't remember what the cloud or crowd would, was doing. I don't know if they were up. I don't know if they were um, screaming or if it was silence. Um, that part, I don't remember.
4: it's wild. I love
0: Philadelphia in the morning, guys. Don't you? Sorry, Jordan. Go ahead. That was the goal horn sounding off. Yeah, that was
4: that was Danny's goal horn.
0: Yep. Yeah. Uh, Danny Taryn mentioned Scott Hartnell. She has the pleasure of working with him now. You had the pleasure of playing with him. Are you pretty excited to see him back on the ice?
3: Oh yeah, Scott's one of my uh, favorite teammate of all time. Um, you know, and honestly, I think the Flowers missed him after he was uh, he was traded from here. Um, that was, that's kind of when, you know, the, the flyers started to go downhill, his presence around the team, he's just a fun loving guy, He keeps it loose. Um, you need guys like him around the dressing room. And, um, we're seeing that back a little bit now, when you, you look at, uh, adding guys like Keith Yandel and, and Cam Atkinson, Kevin Hayes, uh, a couple of years ago, like those guys bring an energy to the team that we, we were missing there for, for that little gap in the last five or six years.
4: How can you explain? I mean, I understand it, but can you explain why that is so important? Because I've talked to Lappy about it. I know Lappy was kind of one of those lighter glue guys and Lappy told me, you know, that 2018, 2019 season when there were a million goalies and it was going downhill and Ron got fired and Dave Haxtell got fired. There wasn't that. And then all of a sudden they pick up Kevin and the next year you, you lose a few games and it doesn't feel like the end of the world. And it, And I think sometimes when I talk to fans about the team and what I see, and I'm just an outsider also, it's palpable how important someone like Kevin, Cam, or Keith can be.
3: Yeah, the the energy that they bring is – I mean, there's days where it's a grind. And when you're not winning – um, it's not all fun and games and you're not going to the rink happy and, and and it's a drag and, you know, everybody in the organization is is mad. The coaches are mad at you. The players don't want to be there because they know it's miserable. Um, when you have guys that can kind of change the mood and make fun of what's going on in the situation that, that they're in, kind of like um, Lappy did, Scott Hardenall did, we were missing that for, for a few years. And I, I think now we have a group uh, a little bit more like that you can't have 20 guys that are going to be cheery every day because now you, you know you, you wouldn't go very far um, you know you have guys like Claude Giroux and, and Sean Couturier who are way more serious and, and they lead the way but you need help around them to, to keep things loose as well so you, you need the mix uh, of, of you know different uh, personalities and, and I thought I felt like the last few years that's kind of what we were missing.
0: Yeah, busy, real busy offseason for Chuck Fletcher. If you include the two waiver uh, pickups that they've had, they have nine new faces now on this Flyers team. Danny, you've been around the New Look team a good bit. Um, what have you thought about the makeup of the group? You, you've touched on a lot of it, but do you think there's a potential for a playoff run?
3: Oh, definitely. Um, I like this team uh, way better. Um, I mean, it, it starts in goal, obviously. Um, you know, I think Carter Hart is is – um, in a better uh, position I think he's he's a lot, playing a lot more confidence early in this season um, I think he's he's got uh, Jones behind him that can uh, offer support uh, probably uh, play a lot more games if need be hopefully not but um, than what we had in the past um, you know and, and you look up what I like the most we talked about um the energy around the team i like how physical more physical we are i think we're a tougher team to to face and to play against um as well and and that makes your player feel a lot bigger uh even for you know smaller guys like cam atkinson or uh joel farabee and travis connecty now when you have size around you you'll feel a lot better Uh, you'll feel a lot bigger going on onto the ice and you're not going to be as as I wouldn't afraid is the wrong word, but you're going to be a little bit more willing to, to go and muck it up in the corner and, and take pucks to the net and take a beating in front of the net. When you know that the same thing is happen, happening happening uh, at the other end of the ice, if, if um, the other team's trying to take liberties. So that's what I like probably most about this team.
4: So on that, on that note, then given the analytics of it all and all the conversation that comes with it, you, you take the risk to line and trade because it seems like all the other new guys that came in, immediately well it helps when cam and derek russard are on a line together and they're playing lights out and then martin jones comes in and gets a big win against boston it seems like he's the last one that they're warming to now but what have been your thoughts on what he adds because that was of all the moves chuck made in the summer that was probably the one that garnered the most discussion yes
3: you know and and it's so funny because to me, he's a typical flyer player. Um, he makes it miserable on the other team. And, and I, I get it. The analytics don't like his numbers, but I, I think sometimes we forget what, what he really brings. Um, and if I'm on the ice, if I'm on his team, I feel a lot bigger. I feel a lot more comf- uh, comfortable, confident out there. Um, I know if the other team is going to the front of our net, they're going to pay the price. And I like that. And in return, I'm, I'm going to be willing to, to go to the front of the net on the, at the other end of the ice, you know, because it's going both ways. It makes you feel bigger. Um, it makes the other team feel a little smaller. Um, and, and it's some, you know, you, you can't really translate that in, into analytics. That's where we miss sometimes. There's a lot of good, good things with analytics, but, you know, there's, there's things that they're just not picking up yet. And, and that's one of them. And that's an example of a player that really helps, um but sometimes it doesn't really clearly show on paper
4: well he's a plus one the other night so we're trending in the right direction <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's, that's a good sign but yeah I, i'm really excited about him and, and you know i mean he's in a you know, way better spot than I think he was in Buffalo where he had to play yeah. against the top players every night. He comes to a team here where um, he's on a second pairing. Uh, maybe he plays against the second and third line. He doesn't have to 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 do as much of the grind work um, that he had to do in Buffalo, maybe not quite as as much ice time uh, also. So I think he's just in a better chair to be successful here.
4: Well, it is it is interesting because Jordan, we've talked about this as well. Again, because he's the, the last, they, everyone else came on like gangbusters and he starts the season injured and we had both talked about it. It's it's almost bizarre the way we grew up that he's the one that takes warming to, because if, if yeah. he works out, he is what all of the Flyers fans who want that old school, big body physicality. He's the player yep. they've been grieving for forever and haven't had since like Pronger. Uh, the problem is that the standard is probably Chris who was the last one to did it. So it's very interesting.
3: And if you look, you, you look at the playoffs last year, you look at, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning winning the Stanley Cup, we think of a small scale team. But when you look at their defense, they had probably the biggest defense in the league or, or one of the biggest. You look at who they played in the Stanley Cup finals, the Montreal Canadiens, they, they weren't that great in the regular season. They had, you know, a really big defense, a little slower, not great analytic, uh, analytics, uh, numbers, but they get to the playoffs and it, it's a different game. They're tougher to play against. Um, and, and, you know, they got to the Stanley cup final. I look at our team now adding, um, wrist and adding like uh, a Patrick Brown McEwen on the fourth line. It just makes us tougher to play against. And I, I don't, that's why I'm excited. If we can get to the playoffs, I think we, we could be a dangerous team.
4: Jordan, the analytics staff from the Flyers is never going to let Danny back on our
0: podcast. No, I
3: know they're not going to like me.
0: (laughs) I'm sure Danny gets along with them. I know he gets along with all Flyers fans. Uh, Danny, kind of to finish us off here, uh, how nice is it to see two more members go into the Flyers Hall of Fame? We haven't had that in a little while. It seems like it brings everyone together. How nice is that for you and for everyone?
3: Oh, It's awesome. And what great picks. I, I think those two guys really transpire with, Flyers is, um, you know, the way they carried themselves on and off the ice. Um, Rick Tockett was one of my first teammates when I arrived in in the NHL in Phoenix. Uh, I had the chance to play with him, learned a lot from him uh, as a leader, how to uh, take care of yourself off the ice as well. Um, And I mean, Paul Holmgren is, uh, you know, one of my mentors. He's the one that brought me here to Philadelphia. And after my career, uh, you know, started me with, with the organization off the ice as well. So I have tremendous respect for, for both
0: these guys. Awesome. Well, Danny, thank you so much for doing this, for taking the time. Uh, we look forward to seeing you in the alumni game and at the event. Uh, thank you so much for the time.
2: My pleasure. Thank you, thank
0: you,
3: guys. Bye-bye.
2: The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com.
1: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my! Look at that—he is! And you will not believe where he's
2: going next—the Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable!
4: When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com/slash-with-amex.
0: Great stuff as always from Danny Briere. It is a real treat to hear him talk flyers, to talk, hear him talk hockey. Um, always, always enjoyable. Uh, talked a lot about the alumni game, Joe. I know everyone's excited for it. I'm, I'm certainly excited for it. It's really cool just to see the history and all the past players and it's all for a good cause.
1: Yeah. And, you know, we, we had Danny Breer on the pregame show on Tuesday. We had Darian Hatcher on the pregame show on Thursday, and both players already started the, you know, the, 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 the friendly sort of ripping of each other and sort of Danny Briere saying that he he had to say that he couldn't wait to play again with Scott Hartnell and, and Darian Hatcher and, and Hartnell going back and forth about um, Hartnell wanting to play because Hatcher will make him look fast and things like that. And, and Darian of course is the latest name to be added to the, the, um, the rosters for that game on the 15th. And um, you know, it, it certainly will be a, um, a large contingent of Flyers alumni, um, maybe the largest we've ever seen, and the um, the converg- the convergence of the different eras of Flyer hockey. You'll have guys there from the '70s, a ton of guys from the Mike Keenan era '80s Flyers teams, and then you'll have guys like Lindros and LeClaire from the '90s, and of course the guys we've been talking about here: Briere, Hartnell, Darian Hatcher, the guys from the 2000s and the 2010s, and You know, it's sure to be a great night on the 15th. And then, of course, you know, Rick Tuckett and Paul Holmgren going into the Flyers Hall of Fame the following night um, before the Flyers play the Calgary Flames. So it should be a a great couple days um, for the Flyers franchise and the fans.
0: Absolutely. And if fans want to see the roster of the game, if they want to check out where they can get tickets, you can go to our story on NBCSportsPhiladelphia.com. It's on the Flyers page. You'll see it right there. All the info you need should be a ton of fun. Really enjoyed Danny's insight on this current team. Um, Joey, I found it interesting. I'm I'm looking at the the 5-2-2 record, and overall, I'm thinking pretty good so far for the Flyers. Considering all things, considering the injury to Ryan Ellis, considering Kevin Hayes not playing a game yet, considering all the new faces, nine in total if you include the waiver-claimed forwards, 5-2-2 is not bad. And then I look back and last season, I remember they had a pretty positive start as well. They were six, two and one at this point last season. So they were actually a victory better and we all know how last season ended. So it made me think, you know, a season is early for a reason. And last year, obviously only 56 games this year, 82. So we should be patient here and understand where the fires are health wise and game wise into this season. But where do you think this team is compared to last year? Uh, I personally think it's a much better team this year. Uh, Carter Hart looks like the Carter Hart of old, as we mentioned. And I do think they're more structured and going to be more goal prevented. Uh, But what about, what about you?
1: Yeah, I I think they're definitely a better team. Um, They're better on their, in their own end. they have more goal scoring punch and Carter Hart looks like he's back to being the Carter Hart that we expect to see, as opposed to the one who last year had tremendous struggles. I mean, let's not sugarcoat it. That was not, I mean, he even said it, that's a a season you want to, you kind of want to flush. And he said he wanted a fresh start this year and it looks like that's what he's gotten. So I definitely think they're in a way better spot, but you're right. Five, two and two is a decent start. And if you would have said, okay, this guy's going to be out. Ellis is going to miss the mini games. This is going to happen. And this is going to happen. And they're going to be five, two and two. You say, okay. Yeah. Here's my, my, I will say my bit of caution is this. You look at the Metropolitan Division, and it appears every team in the division got better. Yeah. Um, the past couple nights on pregame, we asked Al Morgani on Tuesday and Scott Hartnell on Thursday to look at the division standings and tell us, is there a team that you can basically cross off and say they are definitely not a playoff team? And both of them said, maybe Columbus. Yeah. Columbus is currently ahead of the Flyers. Yeah. And that's it. I mean, the Devils have an up-and-coming team. The Rangers, we talked about a little bit last podcast, yeah. they have an up-and-coming team. Um, we obviously know what – I mean, the Penguins were in last place entering last night's game, and I don't think anybody thinks that's where they're going to be come, you know, February, March, April. Well, I shouldn't say February – that'll be in the middle of the Olympic break. So the bigger games this season are going to happen January leading up to the break. And then in March, but you know um, I don't think anybody thinks the Penguins are going to be, you know, cellar dwelling at that point. Um, Can these young players that the Rangers and the devils have sustain that we'll see. Um, But, you know, I think everybody thinks Washington's going to be up there. Everybody thinks Pittsburgh will eventually be up there. Carolina is off to their best start in franchise history under former flyer Rod Brindamore. I mean, this, there are no nights off in this division and that's the problem. Um, If you take the five, two and two, and you put it in another division in the NHL, it looks a lot better than five, two and two in this current metropolitan division. But of course you can't do that. So I feel like both wild cards are going to end up coming out of the Metro this year. So that means five teams, out of the Metro would be playoff teams, assuming both wild cards come out of there and the flyers are hanging right around that five zone right now. So we can sit here and say, yeah, they look better and they do at five, two, and two, but so does everybody else, um, including a few teams we didn't expect to look this good. Now, again, you said, The season, we call it, it's early for a reason. Uh, Buffalo's got a great record. I don't think anybody has any illusions of them being a playoff team. So, you know, there are teams that are overachieving right now, and that generally will play itself out. Um, So we'll see what happens. But it's early, but if the Flyers don't watch out, it could get late early, too.
0: Very true. The Flyers and Blue Jackets are are had the same number of points. They have 12. Uh the Penguins and Islanders are behind the Flyers, but I think we all can... Oh I didn't
1: even mention the Islanders. Right. This is a team that's haunted the Flyers for two seasons.
0: Right. So you have to think the Penguins and Islanders are going to get their stuff together and they're going to be right up there. Uh and then the Devils. Uh seven of the eight teams in the Metropolitan division right now have positive goal differentials. In the other two three divisions, there are uh the two two of the divisions have three teams with positives. Gold, there's some gold differentials, and another division has two. The Metro has seven of eight, all in positive. It's just – it's a really good division, and I could not agree more, Joe. They need – it is very early, and I think the Flyers can stand with a lot of the teams in the division. But it tells you you really want to take advantage of opportunities like you had on Thursday night against a depleted Penguins team where they're shorthanded, they're facing some adversity early on. Take advantage of those t- opportunities. Really take advantage of your opportunities at home. Against divisional teams, so those you know those are big games, are four point games, the cliche in hockey, but they really are, and they're all going to be important. The one thing that concerned me a little bit too, Joe, is I feel like we're seeing glimpses here and there, stretches where they are giving up a lot of high quality chances, where like the puck's going the other way, odd man rushes, and uh, the Flyers just look like they're not they're not structured, they're not tight, uh, they're opened up, and I feel like we saw a ton of that last season. And I do think the Flyers will be better, and I think Kevin Hayes and Ryan Ellis are goal-prevention guys. They are guys that are going to help them prevent goals. So they're big pieces, but there are times where a little bit of last season creeps into my mind when I see that. And, again, early, 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 but I just really think they need to be better uh, in front of their goaltenders. They weren't last year, and it's a big reason why they finished the way they did.
1: Right, and so what we're looking at this year maybe is that the goalie is better which yeah. is why they're giving up less goals. Yeah. Um. Not not completely the reason, but a lot of the reason why they're giving up less goals is the goaltending is much better. And you know, I'm, I'm. Let's not forget Martin Jones has played better than we would anybody would have expected. I think so far. So let's let's not leave that out of the equation. I do think that there are two guys that need to step up their game. Travis Sanheim and Ivan Provorov. I think both need to. I think both of those guys would tell you that they're not playing up to their ability currently, particularly Sandheim. I feel like he's getting, there was a couple times last night where, you know, he, he's one-on-one, you know, coming through the neutral zone with a, a puck carrier. And, and next thing you know, this guy's by him. Travis Sanheim's strength is skating. He should not be getting blown by like that. And I'm not talking, it's not Sidney Crosby blowing by you. It's, I don't remember who it was, it, but it was, it's not Crosby. It's not Malkin. Those are things, those are guys where if that happens, you're like, okay, those guys are, you know, Hall of Fame caliber players. Um, many of the forwards playing last night for Pittsburgh are not Hall of Fame caliber players. And, you know, I believe now that I think about it, Evan Rodriguez is the player I was thinking of now that his strength in his game is speed, but you know, Sanheim needs to, his positioning seems faulty at times. And I think we've seen a little bit of that in a lot of the games this year. So I think him and Progroff definitely need to step their game up.
0: Absolutely. And one has to wonder if Ryan Ellis will help them all get back to themselves. Like he has that type of trickle down effect on a lineup where everyone's slotted properly. And we, we've, we've discussed that probably ad nauseum now on this podcast because Ellis has been out so long. So he will Ellis will not play Saturday against the Capitals. The game is at 7 p.m. Eastern time on NBC Sports Philadelphia. You can check out pre- and post-game live produced by our very own Joe Fordyce. Ellis will not play, but the Flyers are hoping he's getting closer as they get back on the ice next Wednesday. Kevin Hayes would also be eligible to return from long-term injured reserve. Not sure if he's going to be ready to go by Wednesday, but he is getting closer. So two important reinforcements that can maybe shore things up, tighten things up for the Flyers. But they are 5-2-2. Two and two. They do have points in seven of nine games. That's not too bad, but the last season uh, that went totally awry when the Flyers allowed more goals than anyone in hockey also started well. Started 6-2-1. and one. I will say, last season, Joe, in that 6-2-1 and one start, their two regulation losses were by 6-1 margins. 6-1 scores. Two losses, 6-1. So, they started well in the win-loss column, but you look at some of those losses, and they were kind of eye-opening. Like, And sick. one of the
1: six ones was to Buffalo.
0: To Buffalo, which, <laughs> uh, right? You know, that so, was.
1: It had a different feel to it for sure.
0: It did. Whereas the Flyers, I feel like their losses have been i, I can't really say they've had any real terrible losses where, you're like, you're just like, "What the heck was that?" You know, the Canucks game five-four season opener. It goes to the overtime. They weren't great, but they forced overtime. Um, losing the shootout uh, last, you know, last night penguins, not a terrible loss. Uh, Flames obviously was their biggest stud, a four nothing loss. That was at the end of a road trip, uh, a two, one and no road trip. So again, uh, all perspective and we'll have to wait and see just how different these flyers are time. Again, we'll tell, uh, but Ryan Ellis and Kevin Hazel certainly big, big pieces in showing that this team is different. So we'll have to see where that, where, where that uh, takes us. But Joe, thank you so much, as always. Great chatting with you. A big time thank you to Danny Breer for joining us to talk about the alumni game and these current Flyers. A major thanks to our podcast producer and guru, Ben Berry, and Flyers fans. As always, thank you for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and listen, and we cannot wait to talk to you next time.